Hi, it's Peter Vesey. You're listening to Double Clutch Podcast. Don't believe anything these guys say. Maybe it's an English-American thing. It was not an English-American thing. In London is NBA. In Africa is NBA. In China is NBA. In For real, the NBA, the Nationwide Basketball National Basketball Association. I'm not going to tell you again, okay? National Basketball Association, okay? Thank you. In your opinion. So... It's a fact. You have a growing fan base who, of basketball fans and, and an enormously passionate sports culture here in Britain as well. How much passion is there really for the NBA over here? It has a huge global following, right? right. Or at least it's done pretty well in China, but it's struggled to make an impact in the UK. You sound skeptical. But <laughs> um, well, you see, because we're soccer fans, I right. shouldn't say that. I'll get smacked for saying that. Football fans here. We, in the we UK. call it football, okay. but. Um, I mean, springs? It doesn't have any springs in it. Why does it bounce then? It's air. There's air in the ball. Well, there's air in the swimmer. How come the swimmer ain't bouncing? Yo, man, don't play ahead, yo. It's because I was from the UK. Hello, and welcome to episode 67 of the Double Clutch Podcast. I am Matthew Wellington, your host. I'm joined today by the fellow co-founder himself. We've got Mr. Andy Duncan. Hello, my streak is still going. Still going. It's like the Spurs. <laughs> Unfortunately not, no. <laughs> <laughs> your, uh, your streak's more impressive than the Spurs anyway. Oh, that's harsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my Lakers are sitting second from bottom in the Western Conference right now, so I have to bash on something. Yeah, well, you might as well. You know, we can't always be winners. <laughs> <laughs> Says the uh, team of the most consecutive 50-win seasons. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> so England Basketball, which is the official uh, Twitter feed for England Basketball, obviously. They're the national governing body of basketball in the country. Um, they tweeted saying, hi, guys. Any chance you could mention our survey on your next podcast? Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll shout it out now. Basically, if you go on urbasketball.co.uk slash survey, you can uh, fill in that survey. Basically, just ask you a couple of questions about basketball, whether you'd be interested in playing it locally um, whether you've got no interest and then it gives you a def- different bunch of questions such as how many games do you watch each week things like that so if you fill that in there's a chance to win a trip to go watch some NBA games in America and to also meet Luol Deng so it's worth filling in and I just thought we'd uh, get that over with quickly get that out first before we forget it at the end of the show so it's certainly an excellent competition yeah and it, ta- it takes like two minutes as well like not even that you just go through it's a bunch of multiple choice questions you just choose what you want so it's worth doing, and uh, yeah, thanks to uh, England basketball for actually getting involved. So someone there obviously listens to us. Excellent. Hence they, hence they know that. Uh, Leave us a five star review then. <laughs> we are around. Yeah, we we like five star reviews. <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> so there was two quite monumental achievements achieved in the NBA since Monday night when uh, Bates and Jack gave you the last podcast. Um, Dirk Nowitzki he passed uh, the Oscar Robertson for tenth on the all time NBA scorers list, and. A certain Lakers slash Suns player, Steve Nash, uh, passed Mark Jackson for the third most assists in NBA history, which we were reliably reminded of by uh, Andy's wife just before we started recording. Yep, yeah. She's on the ball. She's made no secret of being a Steve Nash fan. And, um, you know, we're we're talking about Dirk and and Steve Nash. You've got to bear in mind that they were drafted at the same time, played in the same team, uh, the Mavericks. So, you know, these two guys know each other incredibly well and i think it's a, a fantastic achievement for them both and if nash could have stayed fit you know not had it, all his back problems the last couple of seasons he, he might be even higher on that list but you know he's he's 40 years old now so i, I, I as as much as he is a talented athlete i don't see him playing another season i would be very surprised if he did to be perfectly honest yeah, he's he's now ahead of um, Jason Kidd as well. So you know that's a phenomenal feat just to pass a guy like Jason Kidd. Uh, Mark Jackson got involved on Twitter, uh, tweeting Steve Nash saying, "Congrats on the great Steve Nash on passing me in the all-time assist list. I am honoured." And um, the Dirk achievement, just to point out what he has done, tenth on that list is incredible. I mean, the list is. I'll just go through the list quickly. The top ten scorers in NBA history are Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Carl Malone, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, Wilt Chamberlain, Shaquille O'Neal, Moses Malone, Elvin Hayes, and Hakeem Olajuwon. So they are all, you know, the greatest players to have played the game. And he's in the top 10 and he's European. Yeah, well, the European thing is is a fantastic achievement in itself. But 
you know, we we had a we had a conversation on a show you know, not so long ago about who potentially could be you know all time top scorers and, and you know moving up that list. And I think I was the only one who mentioned Dirk. Now, Grant, <laughs> if he's, I I don't think he can get much higher because it's it's one of those things depending on how much more he's got in him. You know, if he's mm. got another season left in him then realistically he's only 700 points away from um moving up to 7th so if if you think about that from um a regular sort of 85 game season you know if he gets 10 points a game then you know he's he's pretty much done that so it all depends on how fit he can keep himself how strong he can be um, and if he's got another season on him, yeah, he'll start creeping up that list. Um, I think it's a bit of much of an ask for him to break into the top five because that would mean he needs to get another 5,000 points, <laughs> um, which I think uh, is a bit of a stretch. But, you know, easily he can move up a couple more notches, I reckon, if he's got another season in him. Yeah, it seems to be that a few of the players in the league that came in late 90s are all now trying to go for these these scoring titles or these assist titles. And... You look at Kobe Bryant, he's up there in fourth, he's chasing Michael Jordan. That's why he's been so frustrated this year, is he hasn't had a chance to play. And he's, he's been on a Lakers team where he could have just fired up a hundred shots a night and nobody would have really noticed. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that could, he could definitely overtake Akeem. I think Akeem is seriously under threat because that's only another couple of hundred points. Um, Elvin Hayes, maybe uh, that's another, what, a thousand, something like that on top. So I don't know. He, he could, he could be, Seventh or eighth by the end of uh, his career, which would be a phenomenal achievement for a for a European player to sort of breach into the top ten of you know what is an American basketball league. Yeah, no, you you, you make a a valid point. Now, I I I don't know if Tim Duncan's got much more in him. He's he's two thousand points behind Dirk Garnett. Um, as much as he broke um some some records as well, moving up to fourteenth. I don't see him going much higher to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. um and you know it won't be too long before we're having conversations about bron and mellow and durant just to name three off the top of my head you know if i i would like to see dirk get seventh because realistically that means that when the other three come in he's still in the top 10 you know after a, a, you know a lengthy period of time so Excellent achievement for the guy, and you know I, I wear my Swiss jersey with pride. <laughs> well, talking about excellent achievements, you've got the Brooklyn Nets have swept the Miami Heat in the regular season series between the two clubs. Um, they played each other four times this season, and the Nets took the game on a Tuesday night, which was on BT Sport, tipped off at one a.m. I believe it was. Um, I lasted until about the the, the end of the first half. And I watched the next half in the morning. Um, what a game. Just a phenomenal game of basketball. Really competitive, really tight, really close. And I've been saying it all season. This Nets team, you know, they match up to this Miami Heat team so well. Especially Joe Johnson. The, the Heat don't seem to have anyone who can stop that guy in the post. Um, they could put LeBron James on him, but then you sacrifice, you know, you give Paul Pierce wide open shots, which you, we know for a fact you do not want to do. But it was a dramatic game. Um, LeBron James did have a chance to win the game. His dunk was rejected by uh, the rookie Mason Plumley, one of the Plumley brothers, having a massive impact on his team this season. Well, they all are, actually. And um, he blocked LeBron James' game-winning dunk. James kind of complained and you know thought he was fouled, but all of yeah. his kind of show that Plumley got the ball first. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of these rules in the game that you know when your hand is still on the ball, it is deemed part of the ball. Yeah. So yeah, you see him brush the ball, hit the hand, and you can see from any offensive player's point of view, be it be it Bron, be it anybody who's going up for that, they they will contest it, and it's one of those calls that you can, you have seen go either way. And if there would have been more on the line, you know, let's say it was a game seven of the championship, it probably would have gone to the video referee, and they would have made some sort of decision. I don't know, but. It's just one of those things, and the stat, I, I didn't realize this until um, I was watching the highlights, that that was the first time in a regular season, now I know my Spurs done it, but um, in a regular <laughs> season, 
that a LeBron James team has been swept for zip. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. You know, um, the, the Spurs done it in the finals when he was at the Cavs a couple of years back, but you know, in the regular season, that was the first time. And I was like, wow, that is an interesting stack considering that he's been in the league seven years now. And that that's the first time that any team he's been in has been swept like that. That's, that's an impressive stat, you know, looking at one particular player, but you're right. We, we've said it before that, you know, Brooklyn had a, a, a rocky start. We, we had mentioned that at a time that it takes a, you know, it takes a period of time for these players all to gel and, and get together. And we're seeing that come to fruition in this second part of the season that they've got that experience. They've got Garnett back. They've got Williams back. You know, I, I think this team is going to be difficult for anybody in the playoff run. And it was all about Indiana to start off with. Uh, and I, and I think now that Brooklyn would probably give the Heat a better run for their money than Indiana would if they can all stay fit. I think that's the key thing. You know, as, as much as, with the Spurs, you know, they're, they're an aging team and it's, it's a difficult one to call. If they can get fit, they'll give anyone a tough time, but we've seen when key players are out, they just don't have that strength in depth. Yeah. I think there's seven, eight, seven or eight game uh, days left of basketball. So they're not going to push, they're not going to challenge for the second seed in the Eastern Conference, but they could considerably, um, Challenge Chicago. Well, they could, they could possibly challenge Chicago. They'd need to, they'd need a lot of results to go their way and Chicago to lose a lot of games. But we'd be looking at, as it stands, we'd be looking at a, a four and five seed matchup. So it'd be the Bulls and the Nets in the first round. And you've got to, I think purely for their offensive abilities, you've probably got to take the Nets over them. But then again, the Nets played them last year and the Bulls somehow beat them. So the Bulls no played excellent defense though. You know, when, when Boozer and Noah are, are on their game, you know, they, they are a force to be reckoned with. You know, I think they have one of the lowest percentage in points away, you know, in, in terms of locking down the opposition. So I, I can see your point. It, that would very much depend on who's hot on any given moment in time. And, and I think that's what's fascinating about the playoffs in general is yes, to a certain degree, regular season form counts for something, but when it comes down to best of seven, you know, you, you can't really rule anybody out. You know, who would have realistically would have thought the Bobcats and the Wizards would be in there for playoff shouts? And, you know, you can't really see past them. You know, it's could, could we see an upset? Could we see an Atlanta or a New York knock out the Pacers? For example. Well, New know, York aren't making the playoffs. <laughs> well, I don't know. They're, they're, they're a game back. And it, 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 I think it will be a struggle for them, you know, because it, it's out of their hands, you know, it, it's, it's up to Atlanta to blow it. But realistically, the way the, the Pacers are playing at the minute, I could see either one of those two teams beating them. Yeah. The, well, the Hawks have, uh, they're not a bad team at home and they haven't been a bad team all season. They've just had a, a bad run of luck with, with regards to injuries to Al Horford's. And a few other key players, but I think come playoff time they can play good basketball. They took the Pacers to game five, I think it was six last year, so they, they can definitely up their game. And it's always a pretty tough place to go and play in Atlanta. So, but I think the Knicks are out of it. I mean, they need to win two more games to have this to get on even par with the Hawks, and they need the Hawks to lose the next two games. So they're, they're relying on everything else and. The Knicks aren't playing good basketball at the moment. They've lost two games in a row. There seems to be this sort of discrepancy leaking in again to New York. Um, all over Sports Illustrated and Yahoo and stuff today is all these articles regarding Mike, uh, Mike Woodson again. You know, what's his future like? So obviously they've got other things to worry about at the moment. So I think the, I think, I think the Knicks are done. I think the Cavs are done. I think the Hawks can just, They'll sort themselves out and carry themselves into the playoffs now. It's going to take a phenomenal performance from Camelo Anthony for the rest, for the next week and, week and a bit to drag the, the Knicks back into contention for the eighth seed. But I don't know. The, the playoffs we'll get onto more in a bit because we're going to discuss the uh, potential playoff matchups at the moment. So, um, NBA.com have got a, uh, basically a list of what would happen if the playoffs started today. So we'll touch on that in a minute. But before that, um, there was another game that involved the Miami Heat. Oh, you gotta love all these double headers involving the Miami Heat on BT Sport this week. Um, 
they took on the Memphis Grizzlies last night and this was a brutal, brutal basketball game. Brilliant basketball game. If you've got a chance to watch it, I'd, I'd thoroughly recommend going back and watching it. In a game where the Memphis Grizzlies desperately needed to win to remain in the playoff hunt, because the playoff hunt in the Western Conference is phenomenally close, I think it's safe to say. Um, their top three players all combined to uh, give themselves a stellar performance and they were unbelievable. The second half... In particular, Tony Allen's defense was just in, it, all, it, you know, he was all over the place. He was stopping LeBron. He was putting blocks on Chris Bosch. And without Dwayne Wade, the, the Heat looked a bit lost, really. Um, they won the game 107 to 102. It went right down to the last couple of mili- minutes, uh, minutes. <laughs> and it was a sellout crowd, uh, in, in the grindhouse, I think they call it. So a, a phenomenal performance. And Mike Conley just stepping up, proving that he's one of the, one of the elite point guards in the league. Um, 26 points and six assists. Uh, Zebo was amazing. I think he hit two threes in, in the first half. Um, 25 points, 11 rebounds. And then Marc Gasol had a double double with 20 points and 40 rebounds. And they have been a different team since they got Marc Gasol back. This is a 12th win in a row at home and they look like they could sneak right back into the playoffs now. You're right. And it, it, again, it comes down to players being fit. You yeah. Know, I, I, I thought, Zebo was in phenomenal form in this particular game. He was bullying everybody left, right, and center. He's like a wrestler. <laughs> yeah, he's just. It, it shows you that you know we we always talk about size being um, you know key to the NBA, and Randolph showed that. You know, he he was pulling down. I think it was eleven boards, eleven twelve boards. Yeah. You know, nobody in Miami got into double figures for, from a rebounding point of view and when when you've got Randolph and Gasol pulling down boards left right and centre you, you're always running the risk of losing that particular game you know you take Bron out of the equation for Heat nobody really done anything you know you, you've already mentioned Wade was you know he was nowhere to be seen <laughs> well he didn't play so that'd be why well this is very true, <laughs> but would would it have would it have made any difference? You know, normally when I when I say that he's not anywhere to be seen, normally you can see him rallying his team off the bench. You know, I, I didn't yeah. see that drive from him. Now, granted, I only watched the highlights, but he was nowhere to be seen. You didn't see anything from him, and um, they had a player on that I, I hadn't heard of before. Douglas didn't, he, totally didn't do Douglas, anything. Yeah. yeah, didn't score any points. Didn't do anything. He's not been an amazing player. Um, they acquired him during the season from, he was the Golden State Warriors, I think he was, and they, they acquired him in the trade that sent a bunch of players back that way. And, uh, um, I didn't hear from him. Yeah, it was, it wasn't a notable, like, blockbuster trade or anything. He's, he was a late pick in one of the drafts a few years back, and he's just sort of been bouncing around teams since then, so he's not the sort of star player you think of, but he, he's been, he's been okay for them. He provides a decent backup for Mario Chalmers because they've always sort of, well, certainly in the big three here, they've always lacked a backup point guard. So I don't know, come playoff time, he could, he could prove a, a big difference maker, but I don't know, the Heat look, uh, they looked a little bit battered from that uh, Nets game the night before. So I'm not going to read too much into it. I think the Miami Heat will be fine. You know, it's not going to affect them. We're not having this situation where everyone's raving about the paces and how bad they're going to be come playoff time. It's like these teams will sort it out. They'll all be fine. It's just the end of the season. Everyone's knackered and, you know, they just want to get into the, the basketball that matters because effectively the regular season doesn't really matter once you are in, a, you know, you're confirmed to the playoffs. So yeah. we'll see what happens, but, um, we'll start on, we'll start discussing the playoff picture anyway. Um, so I think we'll do the Eastern Conference first because we were talking about the Miami Heat, so it kind of seems relevant. Uh, right now, as it stands, the uh, Indiana Pacers would face the Atlanta Hawks. The uh, season series is tied 2-2 between the two, so this is the first versus the eighth seed. And I think I've got to agree with what Andy was saying earlier. I think the, the Hawks could take a couple of games off this Pacers team. They, they just haven't. I, I couldn't tell you what it is. You know, It seems to have been since the All-Star break. They've just lost whatever momentum, whatever rhythm that they had going for them, you know. Um, I did watch, uh, I'm trying to think who it was, but um, I think it was Paul George who got the ball just over the halfway line. Nobody was moving. Both (laughs) the the offense and the defense were so stagnant, he thought, you know, I'm going to jack it up for a free. And he nailed it from almost the halfway line. But then, you know, he's missing 
easy putback jumpers. He's missing easy layups. And it's like, well, hold on. You just rattled it in from the halfway line, but yet you can't do the easy stuff. You know, concentrate on that bread and butter stuff that got you to where you are. And I, I couldn't put my finger on, and I can't tell you why it's happening. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know if they're burned out. If it is them burning out, would, you know, sacrificing the Hawks at, at the eighth seed for the Wizards who are currently in the seventh seed to rest your players so they're fit for the playoffs, is that going to make too much of a difference? Because, that, you know, that, that's what Miami are doing. That's why we didn't see any Wade. Maybe that's why he didn't get off the bench to egg his team on because he yeah. was that tired. But, you know, I, I think this is the time of the season where you're going to see players being rested. And I think that's what the Pacers need to do. They need to rest their big players. They're not going to fall any lower than second. There's not enough games left in the season for them to do that. So rest your guys. Be ready for the playoffs and then go for a run. And you, I think they'll have a good chance. But if they don't do that and they don't fix whatever it is that's broken right now, we could be in for an upset. Well, they won last night. They dropped everybody. I think Bates was saying on Monday's podcast that you know he thought that they needed to, that Frank Vogel needed to drop the starters and just play the bench players and just see what happened. And they did that. And Chris Copeland won them the game last night. They played. It was a close game. It was not a pretty game to watch, but you know it, they got the win, and that's all that kind of matters at this end of the season. But I think come playoff time, they all need to step up. Paul George hasn't looked like the MVP, the MVP caliber player we thought he was going to be. Um, Roy Hibbert's been awful, like really, really bad. He's not grabbing any boards. He doesn't look like he's any form of offensive threat in the paint right now. And for me, the keys: George Hill and Lance Stevenson. I think George Hill has got to step it up. He needs to be playing the point card position at a higher level than he is right now. Um, this is where they lack someone like, you know, there was rumours of the trade for trying to get Rondo. Rondo would be lighting this team up come the playoffs time. I think they'd be they'd be unstoppable if they had a, a point guard, you know, the calibre of Rajon Rondo on their team. But George Hill's going to have to sort something out. And Lance Stevenson, he's been up and down all his, you know, throughout the whole of his career. He just needs to concentrate on basketball and come playoffs time. I think the Pacers will just sort this out. I think this could go to six games, but I don't, I don't see it going any further than that. I think the Pacers will wrap it up four to two. So be interested to see what happens. Have you got a, any form of a prediction to what you think it would be? Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Four two, but you know, if Bynum comes back, then <laughs> <laughs> Evan Turner starts playing like an all star. Amazing, amazing things happen. This is why we watch this league. <laughs> That's one of those things. If they can figure out what it is that's busted or, or start playing how we've seen them play, then you can't see past a Pacers team. But at the minute, you know, you, you can't rule out the upset either just because they're playing so inconsistently. Yeah. And obviously these, the playoff standards that we're saying right now, these could, these are all subject to change. There's another week left. So, you know, teams could fall in and out, especially when it comes to the, uh, the Western Conference because the battle for the eighth seed there is just, you know, ridiculously tight. Um, the second matchup in the Eastern Conference would be, as it stands right now, the Miami Heat versus the Washington Wizards. And the Heat leads the series 2-1. I think they've got one more game to play coming up in the next week. So uh, that'll be interesting to see what happens there. But I think this could be a lot closer than people think it will, it will be. Um, I think resting... I can't speak tonight. Resting Dwayne Wade is going to be a big key. I think that's why we didn't see him play last night. Because... John Wall and Bradley Beal are playing fantastic basketball at the moment, and you know, Marcinho Cortar—they're all getting—they're all getting to the point where they look like they could really trouble somebody. So, I don't know. I think Miami will win the series. Like it'll be like four-one or something like that. But Washington will win a game or two. I think they will as well because the, the Heat. If you think about it, Birdman's out injured. You know, they don't really. If you take Bosch out the equation. They don't really have any big men, mm. uh, and that and that's when I can see Gotar actually. You know, I do think he's a very solid defender. You know, he does give you good minutes. He gives you good possession, and he likes fighting as well. Did you see the <laughs> article he said he posted about him, about wanting to have NHL style faceoffs? <laughs> no, I, I missed that, but I know he likes to invade other teams' huddles. Oh yeah, that was brilliant. <laughs> In the Boston Celtics game. <laughs> that, that was that was awesome. Yeah, I, but I, I think if you know it, he he's going to be difficult for um, the the Heat to defend against. You know, there, there's no doubt in that. And Harrington and Gooden, I don't know. You know, they they can blow hot and cold, in my opinion. Ooh, Drew Gooden. 
I can't even believe he's in the league. (laughs) (laughs) I think this could be the game where we see how good John Wall and Bradley Beal are. Like, as a backcourt, they're pretty phenomenal. So, they could, if Dwayne Wade isn't up to scratch, they could light this Miami Heat team up from downtown. So, we'll see what happens. But they're playing King James. And, you know, when you've got the best basketball player in the world and on your side, you've always got a chance of sweeping anybody. It's not going to be as bad as the Bucks series last year, though, when. Brandon Jennings and everybody came out and were like, "Oh yeah, we'll go, we'll win it. We'll take like four games off them and we'll beat them." And you know they got killed. It, it wasn't even a, a close contest. So <laughs> um, moving on to another game, to a game that we th- well at the start of the season we probably thought wouldn't even be possible. Um, we've got the third seeded Toronto Raptors, big up Canada, um, taking on the Charlotte Bobcats, and the Bobcats are looking really, really good at the moment. Yeah, they they have been playing some really good basketball. You know, five whatever, in a row. <laughs> whatever Jordan is is doing down there, it's it's, it's starting it's starting Magic to water. pay off. <laughs> yeah. Space jab. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly what it is. You know, I, I think Jefferson must be drinking some of that stuff because you know he he's been impressed me lately. Uh, Kid Gilchrist and, and Neil, um, and you know. Kemba Walker has been particularly um, hitting those those long range jumpers that, that that we've seen him doing, and it's just I I I don't know which way to call this series because well it's interesting because Charlotte have won the regular season matchup three nil, so I think Toronto needs to be a little bit worried going into this. I I wouldn't I don't think they'll be going into it with um, you know too much swag <laughs> I, I was trying to think of a different word but I, I, I genuinely couldn't but you know <laughs> from from the perimeter the, this team is deadly you know I, I saw that firsthand, and you know all, all the highlights that you see of late is just excellent perimeter basketball you know they they lack a little bit of size when you come into the painted area but you notice a lot of their plays go for that three ball and for, from that point of view you know the Rosen in particular has been pretty good from that sort of range. So it's, I can't call it, you know, some I, fireworks in Canada. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it went to seven. Yeah, I could. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Actually, I could see it going to seven. It'll go to seven or Toronto will win it easily or it'll be, you know, the Bobcats winning it quite comfortably. Um, They've won the series matchup, so for me, I think you could read into that quite a lot because that kind of really emphasizes the uh, the the lack of depth in the paint for the uh, Toronto Raptors. I mean, you've got what Valanciunas and I think it's Patrick Patterson. I could be wrong, um, but they've not got the greatest you know front court in the league. So we'll see what happens, and I think Al Jefferson could really be the difference. And Kemba Walker is playing at the level we thought he'd play at. I mean. We had the NCAA tournament final on Sunday night, I think it was. And, you know, that was his former team and he won it with them before. So he's a high caliber, high cal- I can't, I really can't speak tonight. A high caliber basketball player. So hopefully he could, tr- imagine if the Bobcats get out of the first round. <laughs> like seriously, every single NBA journalist should be sacked for slagging him off at the start of the season. Well, we better close our doors on all them. Yeah, we, we, we'll, we we'll were be included gone. in that. You we'll know. be gone, people. <laughs> we'll have a large bit of humble pie, but it, it just it just goes to show you, you know how how the league has been this season. You know, we we, we were thinking that that New York would be a certainty, Boston maybe had an outside uh, outside chance, and perhaps Cleveland. But yet, you've got teams in there that have just had phenomenal seasons with the Bobcats being probably the pick of the bunch. You know, if you think about teams that you maybe would have written off at the start of the season, then, you know, I I think I would have them up there with, you know, maybe Phoenix being the other surprise in the West. You know, we, we all wrote them off just because of all the trades and the fact that they didn't really have any standout players, but, you know, we've been proven wrong with them as well. So, I, it's, it's one of those you can't really call, but then in the second round, when they, when they come up to, to, to one of the sort of stronger matchups, then I think, you know, that, that'll be the end of them. But yeah, if they could get into the second round, that would be fantastic. 
Yeah, well, they'll end up playing either the Pacers or the Hawks, so it could be an interesting one. It's just it's just going to be really great to see basketball and uh, playoff basketball, sorry, back in Canada because you know the fans deserve it. That they basically carry the hopes of a nation. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, I'm I'm on I'm hopping on the Toronto wag- uh, Toronto bandwagon for the playoffs. I'm stating it now. <laughs> so that's my bandwagon team. <laughs> um. The other matchup, the final matchup in Eastern Conference as it stands at the moment would be the one we mentioned earlier quickly, uh, the Bulls and the Nets, so we're not going to talk about it too quickly. Um, who wins this matchup? Oh, wow. Talk about putting me on the spot. I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say the Nets. Yeah, I agree with you. I think the Nets have got too much for them. I think Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett just add a different mentality to this team. And if they win it, they'll get through and, and all chances are they'll play the Miami Heat. And that's the matchup they want, so... Oh, we all want. That could be feisty. Or it could be the Bulls and the Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the one that we all don't expect. Um, so moving on to the Western Conference, we've got uh, Andy's San Antonio Spurs currently sitting in the top seed. So they would face the Phoenix Suns. So a bit of a clash in the Duncan household. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we... Um... We we have regular clashes in this house. <laughs> you know, at, at the rugby, um, there's the England end of the couch and the Scotland end of the couch. And then, obviously, when the basketball's on, there's the, the Phoenix and the San Antonio end. So, yeah, we we do have a uh, a nice sort of rivalry with that, which is quite good. But you, you hinted at it earlier that um, it's tight for that last eight seed, you know. Yeah. So... As much as I, I personally would like to see a, a Spurs Phoenix matchup, and for that very reason that you just mentioned, but um, you know, with with there being what one and a half games separating seven, eight, and nine, it's it's a tough one to call. And uh, but I, I would like to see, I'd like to see Phoenix there purely just so that I can have a bit of banter with the misses. Do you and think? That, do you think that's the sort sneaking? They, you know, they they have a chance. With Zebo playing like that, they they have every chance in the world. Well, then <laughs> on on top of that, you need to look at Phoenix and Dragic who's been playing out of his skin as well. And then we've already praised Dirk and and how well Dallas are doing. So I I couldn't call it. I really couldn't call it. I I think I think there might be a little bit of movement between seven and eight, but maybe maybe being a game back for the Grizz is a little bit too far. But you know, there's still a handful of games left to go, and uh, it, it just all comes down to who who wants it more for the rest of the the regular season. Well, I think I think it's safe to say the Suns take this matchup. I can't see it go. Am I put Memphis in there? And I think that game is a completely different game. I think that could be quite um, difficult. But then again. Didn't the Spurs sweep them last year in the Western Conference Finals? So you know. Yeah, but then the, the season before that, the Grizz beat the Spurs. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can't really rule that out or use last year as an example. But if it if it's the Suns or the Mavericks, I can I you know I, I would be confident of a Spurs win. Um, if it's the Grizz, you know, it's going to be squeaky bum time because it, <laughs> it it really depends what happens after the the third game because because normally San Antonio would roar into a two 0 lead. And then if they win game three, they'll win game four. But then knowing the way that the, the Grizz play, if, if they pull it back to 2-2, then, you know, it, it's got game seven written all over it. Yeah, that's going to be the interesting one, just to see who the uh, San Antonio Spurs end up facing. Um, the second seed at the moment is currently in the hands of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Don't think they're in much chance of losing, uh, under much threat of losing that. They will play, as it stands right now, the Dallas Mavericks. So they could play the... They could play the Mavericks. They could possibly play the Suns. They might even play the Warriors, but the Warriors would have to drop a couple of games. Um, well, the I, thing is, it is as much as we're talking about uh, you know positions moving. There's four to five games left for people, right? Yeah. And you know, the, um, the Oklahoma are three games back on the Spurs. The Clips are two and a half games back on Oklahoma. So, depending on how, how results go, there may be a little bit of movement there. But I I think it's it's pretty locked up. I would be very surprised if you know we we see that those three teams losing. You know, I know the Spurs are on a bit of a a nosedive, only winning one out of three. Wow, um, <laughs> uh, following their streak. But it's 
I I think it's tied up, but you know, until until it's all locked up, you, you can't rule anything out. And it, it, I think the good thing is we don't need to play Oklahoma anymore. So you know, there's <laughs> there's no there's no risk of us dropping any games to them. It just depends how that goes. Well, I don't think the Thunder want to be playing Dallas. Um, Dallas have beaten them in the play- in the regular season series two one, and they've been really really kind of tight games when they've played. But if they do end up facing the Warriors, then that's going to be the, the, the must-watch matchup of the first round of the playoffs for either conference because they've been phenomenal games this season. They've all come down to last-second shots and last-second miracle heaves. And that could be you know fascinating to watch. But I think the Thunder would, would take themselves to beat the Mavs. If Dirk's playing like Dirk, then it, it could go to six or seven games. But... Um, I don't, I don't really see many people challenging the Thunder. I think the Thunder could take the Western Conference this year. And, and well, unless they come up against the Warriors, you know, did you watch, um, did you watch the game earlier? Was it earlier this week or was it the tail end of last week when they played the Warriors? And Durant was getting double or triple teamed and yeah. he, he just, he couldn't do anything. And, you know, every time he tried to pass it out to another player, there was somebody there to intercept and then you had, Curry doing his thing from downtown. So. The Warriors have got a lot of problems at the moment, though. That's the only reason I'm not holding a candle against them. Else, they'd probably be one of my favourites to really make a dent. But yeah, I, they would definitely give uh, the Thunder a run for their money, um, and I think they're probably the best matchup for the Thunder. May- yeah. Maybe the Clippers, but you know, you know, that would need to be a conference final before we saw that. But <laughs> uh, I, I just think they've, they've got the the pace and and you know the the athleticism in them to to match the thunder and and that's you know that's their biggest offense you know we we saw them tear apart the spurs and end their streak and westbrook in particular just you know the the guy is lightning and i i really enjoyed the the physicality of the warriors thunder game when i watched it so i i would like to see that as a game i don't think it'll be a first round matchup but you know i i think that would be a very very interesting series to watch yeah, I think as it stands right now, the next matchup would be the Clippers and the Warriors, and that matchup has just got gold mine written all over it because the series, is, the, the regular season series, is tied two-two, and they've just been they've been phenomenal games. And there's a lot of sort of angst between these two sides. There's been quite a few fights. Blake Griffin's been getting shoved and pushed around, and this whole matchup takes a different emphasis now with the fact that Mark Jackson's job is seriously under threat right now in San Francisco. And David Lee is out for the foreseeable future, and everyone knows the Warriors are a different team come the playoffs. I was listening to Iron Basketball earlier, and uh, Ethan Sherrod Strauss, who's been on our show before, was saying, you know, that he's quite happy that David Lee is out because they play better basketball when he's not on the court. So, come playoff time, this Warriors team could just sort of light the fire like they did last year and just start turning it on and winning games. And we haven't seen that from them all season. They've had a very sort of stagnant offense and. You know, they've been the opposite of what the Clippers have been. The Clippers have been incredible this year. They're one of the best offensive teams I've seen in the last five to six years, and they've just been all over the place. So this season could, this series, sorry, could be just phenomenal to watch. And the Clippers with Doc, Doc Rivers on the team, they're just a different animal this year. I think he's really sorted out Chris Paul. Blake Griffin has been phenomenal. Like as much as the guy's a douchebag, he's just been phenomenal this year. He was, he was laying in threes. Yeah, yeah, he's he's what developed. What is that all about? Where's this game come from? Like, where's you know. his jump shot come from? <laughs> My goodness! And and I think you've hit the nail on the head. Doc Rivers is is incredibly experienced, and I I wouldn't be surprised if we see them playing a different type of tempo for the playoffs, just because you you see that happening from from Doc Rivers. You know, yeah. he he would maybe play it very coy, very cautious for the first couple of games see how that goes and then when you bring them back then boom you you know it's going to be lob city and highlight reels and i i thought it was quite amusing seeing um griffin send a lob up to jordan it's like well hold on a second aren't you normally on the receiving <laughs> end of that and i uh, you're right i think he has really improved his all-round game because previously it was just dunk after dunk after dunk after dunk you know he's now getting layups he's now causing assists he's Got a jump shot and nailing threes. He's doing everything at the moment. And DeAndre Jordan's playing really good basketball as well. And he's hitting free throws, which he couldn't do to save his life last year. So 
But I think you're right, just to key up on the point of Doc Rivers and the different sort of playoff mentality he brings to the team, I could see them turning into that sort of Boston-style playoff side that, you know, used to jack up a lot of threes, used to score a lot of threes, and used to just completely cause chaos all over the court and, you know, steal the ball and rebound the ball and do all kinds of things. And they were a different animal come playoff time, the Boston Celtics, to when they played regular season games. And especially against their rivals, like you specifically remember games against, um, I remember Ben Gordon's Bulls team and a bunch of other, you know, matchups with other, other Miami Heat teams and things like that. And they just took it to a different intensity. And I think this year they could do it. And just imagine the, the, the chaos that the Clippers could have caused if they had, uh, had acquired Kevin Garnett during the offseason as well. They'd be, they'd be such a phenomenal team with, you know, well, KG I, I providing know. backup. I, well, yeah, I think that's that's the key point there. Uh, he would need to be backup because I don't know if I would have him ahead of Griffin or Jordan, the way well, those that, yeah. two are playing at the minute. Maybe Jordan wouldn't have had as much opportunity if Garnett was there. Um, and I think Blake's taken the reins, really. I think Blake kind of thought that the idea of that trade was possibly a threat to him. So the fact that they didn't trade for him, it's kind of like, yeah, we trust you, you know, we, we know your abilities, we want to see what you can do. And he's just ran with it this year, literally. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good point. And maybe that's what's, you know, motivated him to yeah. develop this jump shot. I can't believe you're saying Blake Griffith's got a jump shot. I know. <laughs> it's, it's odd. I'm finding it hard to believe right. myself. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, if that ends up being that matchup, that's going to be the one to watch, people. So uh, keep your sky boxes tuned to that one, or your league passes, or whatever it may be you watch it on. That's the um, game seven as well, I reckon. Yeah, that that could go all the way. Um, if the Warriors start playing playoff basketball like they did last year, they will be a phenomenal juggernaut at home to stop. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, the final matchup we've got before we leave you is the Houston Rockets versus the Portland Trailblazers. And right now the Houston Rockets are laughing because this is the matchup they'd love. Um, they've won the regular season 3-1 and I just think they're, they're better than the Blazers all over the court, really. Yeah, I think you've summed that up pretty well. <laughs> and I'm a bla- I like the Blazers. Like, Portland are my team. <laughs> yes, I you, love were on watching their, them. you were on their bandwagon last year. I do remember that quite yeah. fondly. Well, but, when you've got Damian Lillard and LaMarcus Aldridge, you know, you're fun to watch, but Dwight Howard is just looking sensational right now. He looks so laid back, so relaxed, so cheerful, so happy. Completely opposite of when he was in Lakerland last year. <laughs> and then you've got James Harden, who's just stepping up and becoming a better player each and every week. Chandler Parsons looks great. Jamie Lynn's been fantastic for them off the bench. I think Patrick Beverly's been good. I think he's injured at the moment. But, you know, come playoff time, the Houston Rockets are, they're, they're legit contenders right now. And I never thought I'd say that at the start of the year. And I'm pretty sure I said on the podcast to you guys and Frankie and Bates and everybody, you know, Houston won't make a dent in this year, but, you know, I'll eat my words. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, well, you know, they've surprised everybody. We we didn't think that, that Lynn would develop as much as he did. Um, and I, I think he's certainly become more of a an all-round sort of player. Yeah. Um, Asik, I think, has been quite effective for them. Howard, you know, it's... If he could nail some free throws, <laughs> then you, you could kiss the anything. Second coming of Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I think you, you're right with, with, with Harden and Parsons. They're, they've probably been the most standout on that particular Rockets team. Yeah. So those are the playoffs matchups, uh, the possible playoff matchups at the moment for you guys. They will change. Uh, we might touch upon them again next Thursday when we uh, do a, another podcast. But it'll be interesting to see what happens between now and next week. Obviously, the playoffs start in, I think it is, it will be eight days when this goes out, I think, or nine days, eight days. So, um, get your BT Sport, uh, subscription ready because they're going to be covering a lot of the playoff games and we've got NBA countdown and all of the sort of inside stuff shows and stuff. So it's great to see. Just before we go, we had a couple of questions on, uh, on Twitter and most of them sort of just asked, you know, what sort of growth have we seen in the NBA over here in the last sort of couple of years? And I thought it was the perfect time to talk to, talk about it because me and Andy have been doing this for well pro- over a year now and you know we I think we've certainly seen a growth I mean we've seen a growth in listenership and downloads for us uh, there's definitely a growth in you know the use of like our hashtag and the likes on Facebook and the Twitter followers and things so I think 
you know, just as NBA fans, which is what me and Andy were, you know, two years ago, we've seen a huge we difference. But we, yeah, we still are, duh. <laughs> but you, it, it's, I think it's an excellent question, you know, I, and, you know, I would like to think that, that you and I have contributed to that in some yeah. way. Um, <laughs> but I, I think the, the big, the big win for us has been the acquisition of BT Sports. I, I think as much as, some of their commentary at times can be a little bit suspect. We can't fault the fact that they're putting the sport on the telly. And not only are they putting the sport on the telly, they are giving it a lot of pimpage and you see a lot of advertising for an NBA game when you're watching a premiership football game, you know, which is arguably their biggest drawing audience. And the fact that basketball is being advertised during breaks, during halftime, etc., that that can only help, and I you know I think we need to give some major kudos to to BT for that. Um, over especially the last couple of years, you know, we did have a dip when um, Channel Five lost it for a couple of years, and then Sky picked it up, and it you know there was that little crest of interest. Then Sky lost it, and it's kind of dipped again, and now we're we're riding that wave, and providing that, that BT are getting a, a, enough input and and, and viewership. I can see them keeping the contract for a little bit longer. And I, 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 as a fan, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know, I've got all the games on series link. I'm watching as much basketball as I possibly can fit in being in the UK. Granted, when you're in the US, it's a little bit easier because you just, <laughs> you can't go away. And, you know, it's as a fan, I, I'm glad to see it in the place it is. It hasn't been as strong in this country, you know, period. I don't think. And, you could arguably say the Olympics had a lot to do with that as well. Yeah. Um, granted, Team GB didn't do too well, but you know they're they're, they're developing. Disappointing that the funding wasn't there for Team GB and, and British basketball, and, and maybe that's something that will grow. Um, as a Glasgow Rocks, or they're actually they've recently changed the name to the Glasgow Rockets. Um, was that le- was that real? I thought that was like that, a fool's joke. No, nah, it was real. Oh wow, well, they mugged me off. <laughs> <laughs> then, and, unless I've fallen for a hook, line, and sinker, <laughs> you know, which could also be a possibility. We'll, we'll ask James when he's back. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm seeing uh, attendance grow for them as well, and and that that's good to show that that the BBL is growing. You know, there's more teams in the league now. There's there's more people going to it. I went to the BBL Trophy final not so long ago, and it was almost a full-out venue. Whereas when I'd gone two or three seasons before, it was it was almost empty. So, yeah, I think I think we're seeing a big embrace of, of basketball in general, not just the NBA, but basketball in general in the UK over the, the last couple of years. And I, I think it's great to be a part of it. Yeah, and seeing things like the quiz, the uh, the, the survey, sorry, that we mentioned before we just before we started, you know, things like that are, are going to help and. You know, our website, as much as we want to plug ourselves, you know, we think we've done a pretty good job in helping, you know, present fans with some sort of place where they can come and have a, a general discussion. You just look at what we've done. I mean, there's me and Andy. We started this and then you had Bates got involved. Bates just used to listen to us. Frankie just used to listen to us. Um, James, who comes on, you know, who runs on Twitter feed and Facebook and stuff. He, he was just a fan. Uh, Jack, who was on Monday's show with, with Matt, you know, he just started writing a couple of blogs and things for us. So he came on and I think we'll get Thomas on on Monday, Thomas Robry, who's been doing more articles on our website. And, you know, the, the, the sport is definitely growing and it's one of the fastest growing sports on the planet. So the fact that we're right at the heart of it kind of really helps. And I think the stuff that we've been doing as well as getting the guests on that we've had, I mean, Andy will say that, you know, when we had Peter Vesey on, that was an amazing podcast. I mean, me and you've been doing podcasts for years, but that's like our highlight. And, you know, to have such a high caliber guest come on our show, a British podcast about, you know, an American sport and an American league was, was incredible. So I, I don't know. I think that the growth is, is getting bigger. I think the Facebook page for NBA UK passed 200,000 fans the other day. So, you know, it's definitely growing. The Twitter followers for them and for us keep going up and up. There's more use of the of our hashtag, and like Andy said, BT Sport have locked in the license for the NBA for I think it's the next four years. I think James said last time he was on the podcast. So, you know, it's going to be here for a while. So that's what we need. We don't need this filtering in and out, like you know, jumping from Channel Five to Sky to ESPN and back to Channel Five again. We don't need that. We need 
a set solid base for, for fans to work off. And, you know, hopefully like with our website and podcast and what everybody else is doing, you know, we can provide, you know, that. And I, I think the response we've had has just been phenomenal. Like, I'm just going to say it now. Thank you to everybody who's listened to our podcast, who's reviewed our show, who's downloaded, who's followed us on Twitter, who's got involved on Facebook, who's written articles for us. You know, without you guys, I don't think we'd be here. And it's just phenomenal. And mentioning articles, um, James, who you were talking about a minute ago, he's just done his second silver screen hoops. I think it was, or maybe his third. Uh, white men can't jump so go and check that out it's a great great basketball film and that's on our blog and there's some other pieces coming up in the next few weeks as well so you know i think the growth is is a phenomenal level right now and it's just it's good time to be a basketball fan really uh, you you've taken all the plaudits that anybody could ever give anybody so there's nothing <laughs> to say. thanks but no I, you know I, I completely mirror what what matt said you know the the show and the listener and and you know, how much we've developed in the last couple of years is purely down to you guys that listen yeah. and subscribe. So, you know, at, at, at the, the risk of gushing some more, you know, <laughs> as Matt said, big, big thanks to everybody. You know, we, we started out as, as being a couple of fans and we still are a couple of fans. It's the, the fact that you're enjoying listening to what we're saying. You're interacting with us, which is fantastic. And, you know, it certainly surpassed what our expectations were when we started this up. You know, it, it was realistically a couple of guys who would be down the boozer chatting hoops, uh, decided to record it and stick it out. You yeah. guys liked it. So thank you very much. Yeah. I think, I think that's the biggest achievement we can have is just, you know, the fact that when we set this up initially, we just wanted somewhere to talk basketball because, you know, it's, it's it, at the time it was like, Oh, two, two NBA fans, you know, let's just go for it. Let's just do something. Well, um, that was the thing. We would play Xbox live and yeah people would get bored about us talking basketball. <laughs> so uh, this has given us our own place to talk basketball. Exactly. And and it's even now, if you go out and you try and talk basketball to people, unless you... My friends do not give a insert expletive here. Yeah. Same here. The majority of mine don't as well. And, they, you know, they constantly slag me off for it. My uncle even calls it netball because he has no... <laughs> right. Oh, so it, it shows you... Yeah. It shows you, you know, how, how little... The, the, this niche area is of being a basketball fan in the UK, but that niche area is growing. I, it won't, it won't ever replace football, or rugby, or good god awful cricket. But um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's at least it's there and it's moving and it's growing. Yeah, it's the best time to be an NBA fan in the UK. Oh, nice little plug. <laughs> um, so the there, website there could even be a hashtag for that, couldn't there? Yeah, it could <laughs> even be a hashtag, you know, because BT Sport haven't got one, so use ours. Um, the website is doubleclutchpodcast.co.uk we are available on iTunes we're available on pot uh, pot uh, podomatic where you can uh, stream the show directly or just download it so if you've got a regular mp3 device that isn't an iPod you can download it on there um, I think I'm going to have to look into Stitcher because there's been some people talking about Stitcher I don't really know what Stitcher is so I'll, uh, I'll have a look at that um, but check out the website there's loads of great stuff on there there's all information about us if you want to know a little bit more about how this started go and check out on there um, we've got the Hall of Fame 2000 which is sort of unique to us a um, bunch of recordings and clips from our previous podcast where we've put players, events, moments, all kinds of things in there. So go and check that out. There's a list of all of our guests. So, you know, we've had, we had Peter Vesey on, who is just the most incredible guy you could possibly hope to talk to. Um, he gave us an amazing show, talked about Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, his relationship with those players. Um, we've had Stephen from First State UK. I mean, they're doing good stuff for the MLB and NFL and stuff over there. So go and check that out. Uh, Tom Reed, Ben Yukadane, believe the hype. They've been huge for us. Like, I don't think we'd be anywhere near as good or as big as we are without those guys. And then you've got the likes of Ethan Show and Strauss who came on recently. So hopefully we'll get you some more guests on. But yeah, I think right now the NBA in the UK is a, a, a real peak and it's just getting better and better. So check out the Twitter, um, at DoubleClutchUK. Use the hashtag NBA in the UK. Follow us on Facebook or sorry, like us on Facebook, um, facebook.com slash DoubleClutchPodcast and subscribe on iTunes and Review on iTunes, as Andy said earlier. So I think that's all of the, uh, the, the list ticked off, I think. So, uh, we'll catch you. Well, I won't catch you on Monday. I don't think Andy will catch you on Monday either, but hopefully there'll be a uh, show on Monday. Unfortunately, I'll be away for a few weeks now. Oh, you're jetting off again, are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm off to, uh, New Orleans. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> New Orleans catching their last home game in the season against the Rockets. Awesome. And, uh, and then that, that'll be my live basketball for the season, unfortunately, because Minnesota didn't make the playoffs. Ah, oh, no. Can you not get to a playoff game? 
not when I'm not when I'm going to Minneapolis. I can't. No. All <laughs> oh, right. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, we hope you enjoyed the show, guys. We'll be back next week. See you later. Bye bye. Bye. Now, when you look at your team right now, uh-huh. key acquisitions in the off season. You know, what is the next move? Is it the rebuilding year? Oh no, or hell could this no. Be Don't a, even go there. No, man. Look, no one ever. There's no template for winning in the NBA. You just mm-hmm. like football, right? You go out there, and if guys play well. Dirk's got to be healthy, right. and he's working hard. I mean, he's been in the gym every single day looking great. Um, and then we've got to come together as a team. Right. You know, we've got Samuel Dallenberg, Monte Ellis, Wayne Ellington, you know, Dwan Blair. We brought in a lot of really good players, and so now it's up to Coach Carlisle to make it all work together. You mentioned Dirk, and people forget it's only two years since you guys won. And he's almost like a forgotten man. Like, yeah. you, you ask people who their top five players in the NBA are, and it, it, they rarely say Dirk now. Where do you rank him amongst NBA players? I mean, I don't, I don't want to rank, but I, I can tell you this. Like, we've had the conversation. Carl Malone won an MVP at 35. That's right. how old Dirk is. And it's not like Dirk plays with athleticism. Right. He plays with skill. He plays with intelligence. He knows the game. And more importantly, he's just there to win. He makes everybody around him better. And you've got to double-team him. So you can't, you can't sleep on Dirk. And, you know, he, he, as long as he stays healthy, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were on a 50-win pace when he came back and we weren't a very good team last year and that was because of Dirk and he'll be better this year. Is he, is he gonna be ready? Oh hell yeah. Are you ready and shape ready to go? Just, yeah absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Well, we all know about your you know somewhat rocky relationship with David Stern. I like David. Uh, he's on it well okay he's on his way out in right. February. How would you rate his overall performance as a commissioner? I have my own issues with him. Yeah. Yeah yeah I do. That whole blocking the 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 uh, Chris Paul trade to the Lakers. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was disgusting. That, that's Twitter nonsense. But anyway, <laughs> we'll go there another quiet time. From quiet. But no, I get along with David. I, I, I get along Dave, with David. You know, once I trained him at the beginning, um, he, it, was, it was tough for him. You know, and he had a lot to learn. It's like when I got there. I, he I had learned. To, he did and, learn. And he did. And, you know, I had to explain to them that NBA stood for nothing but attorneys. And and so he w- they would do something. I would tell them it's wrong. And then I'd prove it that it's wrong. And they'd find me. And every time they find me, I'd spin it, and it'd work in mine, in my direction. And, Weren't and you delivering the fines, like in briefcase? No, 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 no. They, they, they just deducted. That's I, a, oh, yeah, <laughs> they just deducted oh, that, that's so. That's a myth. You didn't just show up with a million dollars, like yeah, take, what, some you, pennies, take yeah. what you want out. Go ahead, no, no, just leave no, something no. in there. But no, I mean, look, we, we had our differences at the beginning. Um, people used to say, you know, an owner's supposed to sit in the in the suite and shut up and write the checks. Right. Hell no! I just paid two hundred eighty-five million dollars for this. It. I am not going to sit there and just do nothing, I love right? That, man. And so, you know, I had to adjust, and they had to adjust some, and and now it's gone full circle. You know, where, you know, when someone buys a team, they expect you to be active, they expect you to be involved, they don't want you just to sit in the suite. And and so it's it's nice to see things have changed. But David and I get along great now. Are you Good. just saying that? No, well, he's, we on really, he's on, he's on his, his way, way out. out. No, we really, really do. We really, really do. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Dwight Howard. Uh-huh. You said you guys are in a better spot without him. Yeah. A lot of people question that. You know, <laughs> let me just tell you this. You never know until you play the games, right? Mm-hmm. But Twitter general managers are the biggest waste of time. And all the media talk about you're going to be better, you're going to be worse. It doesn't matter, but right? You, We're going to play the game. you tried to acquire him. Yeah, So if you thought you were going to be better off without him, why try well, to go okay. after him in the first so place? So there's two different elements, right? So... You try to get a superstar player like Dwight, and he is, right? And then knowing that because of all the cap rooms, you're not going to be able to do it all in one year. You're going to have to add him and then continue to add pieces. Right. And that, that gives you one type of team. And then when we didn't have to spend the money on him, we went out there and got Jose Calderon, Monte Ellis, Dewan Blair, Sam Dalibor. So we were able to add four or five really strong pieces that I think in aggregate will make us a better team. Now, I think over the long term, could we have been better with Dwight? That's why we went after him. But this year, I think we'll be better. Players Association. Now you got Chris Paul taking over, being right. the face of it now. They wanted LeBron, but Chris Paul probably is a better fit. How do you think he'll do? Couldn't care, could care less. <laughs> right. what, do you, what do you really think? That's that, you know, CP, CP3's good, you know, I mean, good guy, whatever, but um, I like him, but why, why do I care, right? I got enough stuff to worry about. Look, let me... Let Would me, it be just, different with LeBron? No, no, nah, nah, I really wouldn't, because look, the Players Association, they, you know, they just went through Billy Hunter, that we just went through a collective bargaining agreement, um, and so they've got at least four years to get it together and kind of pull things together. When it really doesn't affect When do you start training again? Um, October 1st. Can I come to training camp? Sure. I'm serious. I want to yeah, come. come watch, I want, yeah. No, 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 no. I want to come to training camp. <laughs> come on. Like play? I've lost like 40 pounds. I used to play basketball in college. So what do you guys think about that? No, I play. I'm putting you on the spot right now. I want to come. You from? I want to come to training camp. 
I'll let you go through D-League training camp, and if you can make your way Ooh. through D-League training camp, then we'll talk. I'll take it. Oh, you man. might as well go back I'm to high school. Take Mom, I'm going to the NBA. Mark, I'm just I'm I, coming. I played tennis with him last First week. First of all, you tried to hurt me. If he moved two feet, it was a miracle. Talk about talk about Jason Kidd as a head coach. Are you kidding me? Jay Kidd's a good dude, smart player. We'll see. You know, it's a different beast, but, um, you know, I'd like to say I wish him all the luck in the world, but I hope they all suck. <laughs> but he's, a, he's a smart. I mean, he's got the tool set to be a great coach, so we'll see. Well, all right, look, Jason Collins still on the market. Uh-huh. What do you think? We've got 15 guys. We talked about Jason um, and, you know, all the other stuff, off-court stuff aside. I could care less about that. But we needed somebody who was multifaceted. And, and, and twin, he's a great defender, and he's a big body to go up against the Dwight Howards. But that, that's not what we needed. You know, we needed somebody who was a rim protector and who could score. And we thought Dallin Bear was a better solution for us. What date do I need to report? To oh, back to Ephraim. You're lucky to be back here. This I'm is your coming. second day. You might not look, be back I'm on this show. Look, if, I'm, if I go to the NBA, then, hey, I love you guys. But <laughs> I'm going to the NBA. Texas legends. Mark, Check for the I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> 